I am here and I'm recording. Nice. You want to, uh, <laughs> jinx. Um, you want to owe me, I was going to say, you want to owe me a Coke? <laughs> you want to do that? You want to do that clap real quick? I will owe you a clap. Owe you a clap. All right. Ready? Yes. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 26, and my name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with DJ Mandolini. Hello, hello. John Hines. Hello. And Randall Nolery. Hey everybody. How's everybody doing? Doing good. Wonderful. And Great. <laughs> All right, we're nice back. little to talk midnight about... recording. <laughs> yes, we're running a little late here, <laughs> burning side. that midnight oil. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess not bad. Not in Seattle, but yeah. here in Chicago... We're getting a little sleepy, so. <laughs> but no, we're here to talk about some video games per usual, and uh, I think we can just dig right into it. And uh, I've been playing and actually played all the way through, which is something that I, I mean, I, I beat games here and there, but I definitely I'm more, I'm more somebody that bounces around and just kind of like, oh, I like this. Oh, that's cool. I like those mechanics, and then I, now I want to try something different. But yep. Um, yeah, but this uh, this game that I've been playing recently is called Anodyne, which was uh, on sale on the Switch for a dollar out of nowhere, just randomly. So I was like, yeah, this looks compelling. It's like a top-down pixel art RPG. They In the description, it calls it a 16-bit RPG, although I think it looks way more like an 8-bit, like NES-style graphics. Maybe a little more detailed, but it's it's way more primitive than like a, a 16-bit like Link to the Past look or something like that. Um, and it's like, it has more of like a Game Boy aesthetic. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, when you're going screen to screen, it's not like a fluid, like it really like the game almost like pauses. Like it it really feels like a, it has a primitive quality to this game. Like even the the game has some jank to it Mm -hmm. without question. Like some of the controls feel a little sloppy at times. Some of the, um, there's some shortcomings on that end, but thankfully the game mostly revolves around like some puzzle solving, uh, environmental puzzle solving again i think i already said it's like a top-down perspective um and he plays this character named young and you're in this like just super mysterious world like you don't really you get there's like this sage character who just kind of like randomly tells you stuff and ju- it's all kind of cryptic and there's a good like th- this is another game that has like a pretty good sense of humor every once in a while it's a little off the mark but there was like one time in particular, like the sage was like, wow, your character's name is young. And he's like, wow, you were so, so brave and courageous to, you know, take on a challenge as difficult as this one. And then you go up to this statue and talk to it. And it's like, oh, it's like, oh, sage, you're so you're so cheesy to deliver. A, or it's like, you're so bold. I forget what it was exactly, but it's like, you're so bold and courageous to deliver such a cheesy line like that or something. <laughs> it's like very like occasionally self-referential. Or, like, there'll be, like, little stone, like, kind of just like in Zelda, like a little rock that you can go that has, like, some information on it. And that'll always be static and it'll even, like, kind of reference. But, like, when you talk to people, they might say something different. But not me because I'm a rock or something. Just, like, stupid (laughs) stuff like that. But it's it it did have me chuckling from time to time. It had it well-written. And it's a very minimal dialogue and stuff. It's, it's, again, it's very mysterious. And you're just kind of going to these, like, you, you have this, like, nexus, I think is what it's called. It's, like, this hub world. That has all these little portals in it and you're you can kind of jump into them once you've unlocked like a little portal. It's like there's like these little fast travel um, and it's kind of like an open world like you can get, I think, anywhere from anywhere eventually. But you're there. 
some lands are connected or regions are connected just by like you have to go to a certain point on the map and then and travel there on foot. But then once you get that uh, fast travel area, you can just go to the nexus and dive into these portals and go to all the different regions. And uh, there's some literal gatekeeping as well, where like you'll have to go a certain path to unlock like a button that unlocks a gate that, you know, can open up a new area or something. But yeah, for the most part, like I, I played a little bit as well, where you know, I'm going to an area and like either it's blocked off by water and, you know, I don't have any ability to traverse that yet or I'll sink if I keep. Yeah, going you can walk far. in the water, but you sink pretty quickly. But you do. So your your main attack is like you get a broom and I, you're not like a witch or anything that I can tell, but you just have a broom. And then throughout the world, there's like the main like mechanic is like there's like these like little like dust bunnies, I guess, mm-hmm. that are like scattered throughout the world. And you can actually pick those up with your broom if you attack them. And again, it's like Zelda, you know, like action RPG style mechanics. Although, again, pretty primitive on that end. But you can pick up these little dust and like you can actually place that on the water and then like surf on the dust or huh. you can use that to place it and do all kinds of stuff. You can place it in front of like certain like turrets that are shooting projectiles at you to block them or you can use it to uh there's certain puzzles that like there's like these enemies that you have to like approach them from a certain direction to scare them and like have them run a certain way so that you can have it step on a switch for you while you step and activate the other switch but like if you don't have the little cloud of dust like blocking its path it it will go right past the switch or something so Mm -hmm. there's like there's definitely a lot of like placing things in the right uh positions even like the final boss battle in the game had like an aspect of that where you had to place these dust uh uh particles or dust bunnies or whatever they don't look like bunnies or anything but just dust clouds that you place that like then would react like after it got hit by a flame attack it would like launch a bunch of flames and like have a chain reaction and you kind of had to utilize that to uh take out the last boss so there's like a lot of environmental stuff going on that i found really interesting and the and the main conceit of the game is you're just going around and exploring this world that is like very moody very mysterious like all the worlds or all the different like regions are even though they're interconnected there's like one world's like totally black and white and there's there's people in it and it's all like distorted and it's like fuzzy and you're you're like you have to kill a bunch of like just people like you actually have in that section you don't have a broom you have like a knife and you're like just stabbing people it's super weird oh geez uh and like, but they're not real people. Like some of the people in that area you can talk to, but some of them will kill you instantly. And some of them, but you, I had to kill a certain number of them before I could like unlock a certain path or hmm. something. It was, it's very just cryptic and bizarre. Like you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. That sounds wait. Like, cause I, I, I just unlocked an area. I'm like, uh, you beat it. I'm still, I think pretty early in the game, but and I, it's I, a shortish game. I, it took me maybe like six hours. So oh, for like a top down RPG, it's definitely not like a huge sprawling adventure, but yeah, but it does have like a, a huge variety of areas. Yeah. Like, I went to this one area that I, I jumped into like the ocean and then I was in this like underwater area, but it was kind of like all red. And like, there are just these like giant, like bipedal, like kind of like bird like things, but like they don't really have any like, facial features or like even a head or anything and they're just like walking but you can't really they don't hurt they're you. they're not enemies they're yeah. just like part of the world but yeah they're just these giant lumbering things that like are really intimidating and like the music sets a really like atmosphere that like yeah is kind of unsettling and the like, atmosphere of this game is just great it yeah it, it does a really good job of like cultivating mood without like it being like it, it, unsettling i think is just like the correct term because wow. it's not it's not scary and it's not like, I don't know, like 
I, I think that a lot of games like would go for like a like ho- they could lean into a horror like thing where like oh this is supposed to like make you like really like it's supposed to gross you out or this is supposed to scare you where like this one is just like supposed to like just kind of unnerve you a little yeah bit. like it's it's not really going for like you're still like finding things that are like you know fun or like cute in it but at the same time like there's always just something like a little bit off where you're like i'm just i want to know i need to know what like the end point of the story is because like i just want there to be some sense to this and i want to figure it out Oh, That's pretty impressive that they can set that sort of mood, an unnerving mood in a 2D perspective, because you don't see that that often. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I will say, at least for me, I, I think they're probably asking you to bring a lot of that yourself, because mm-hmm. the story and the dialogue and stuff, like we said, is pretty minimal. So I, I didn't read much into it. Like when the game ended and the way it wrapped up, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and I didn't have any more reaction than that, although you do get another ability right at the very end of the game that lets you like pick up certain things and move them. It's like a swap ability Hmm. um, and like move certain tiles. And then after you beat the game, it specifically is like now young can use this ability throughout the world and explore with ease. And I definitely didn't see every single nook and cranny of the game, Mm -hmm. but uh, you're basically going around and find basically just looking for these chests that have cards in them that usually have just like a logo of one of the character, like a sprite of one of the characters on them. Like they don't, say anything or anything you just get the card and there are a handful of gates in the game that are actually have like a number on them that you have to have you know 12 cards or 15 cards or i think the very last gate in the game was 36 cards um and of course when you get to that last gate i won't i won't spoil it but there's there's like they're they're always just kind of like subverting your expectations and like there were some other even though there were some combat focus sections that again it does get a little janky like you do have later in the game you get actually a jump uh ability hmm. so you can like some of the areas where there's like one little tile that's like a pit yeah you can jump over that but you can kind of like you can kind of cheese a little and like jump over two tiles sometimes when it like doesn't feel like maybe you should like i definitely feel like i got around some puzzles and solved them in a way that I wasn't intended to. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't mind that in a video game, especially one that's like this immersive. Cause I really was despite not necessarily knowing what was going on, that, that sense of, uh, mystery. And like you said, that like unnerving quality to this game kept me coming back. Cause it was, I would boot up my switch. And like I said, I'm somebody who likes to bounce around a lot. And I would just like, what do I feel like playing? And I would just gravitate towards like, you know, I'm going to play a little more Anodyne. And I know uh, nice. Anodyne 2 just came out on, yeah. uh, I think it's on PC and Mac, maybe. I know it's on yeah. on computer platforms, and I think there's hopes to bring it to consoles and stuff. But that's one that's uh, taking this concept a little bit even further. Like, it looks like they're going for like a 3D world, like almost like in a PlayStation 1 kind of era. But then you're going into these zones that then default back to this like top down 2d uh gameplay that looks some pretty similar to anodyne as it is and i think it was a game made by just a couple people they yeah. had some other people involved in like the you I th- know I localization like or whatever two but. people like it's a very small team and like that yeah like anodyne 2 actually was like my first introduction to the series just like from Same. its development where i was like it was it looked like a really cool like i i think that there's we're pretty much entering into an era where there is going to be a lot of like either low poly like 3d games like as sort of like the pixel renaissance like was for like a bunch of people making a lot of pixel art like really nice looking like 32-bit games i think there's going to be a lot of like 
really good looking low poly games just yeah like we, t- we talked about like a, a short hike which just yeah. came out on pc and i think it's coming to switch and probably other consoles originally but it almost has like a ds game quality like the Ooh. pixelation like it's 3d mm-hmm. but it looks like better than an n64 game but yeah kind of on that level but it's like yeah it's it's done with like a craft that's like paying tribute to that but like bringing it like yeah, modernizing it in a way yeah yeah and I, it just looked like a gorgeous game and like that really made me interested in getting anodyne and i very after playing a little bit of anodyne i really want to beat it before i start or get any like degree into anodyne too like i kind of want to i know that they're separate games that you don't need to have that experience they've explicitly said for anodyne too okay good but to know. like i I just want to because I think it's a really cool world and I'm really interested in it. Yeah, I, I, I'm same boat. And even if it is a totally different world in, in the story of this game, but I, I just I, I just I really I don't want to I've talked a little bit about the puzzles, but I don't want to sell those short because they, they really do throw quite a bit of variety. Like later in the game, there's like these. And again, you're kind of getting through these single rooms, dungeons, and it's like a pretty primitive map. Like you pull it up and it just shows like a grid of you know, just a blank room. Maybe it'll show like a color if there's like a a warp tile there or whatever. But you're going through these rooms and there's even some that are like there's like these like speed burst ramps that you have to like run and like get momentum off of so you can clear like an even bigger jump and like sometimes even have to clear the jump like on a diagonal angle oh, geez. to like get across to the other side. And again, mm. it, it does feel a little janky at times. Like you're just like, I feel like I should have made that jump or you make it and you're like, I don't know what I did differently that time to yeah. make that jump. But but again, it, the the way the like continue system works and whatnot, I just never felt frustrated by the jankiness of this game. And I and I don't want to harp on that too much because it, it didn't get in the way of my enjoyment of this game at all, because I like I said, I loved it. I had a good time from start to finish on all accords like it wasn't just the mood and the ambiance that was sucking me in like the gameplay really got a hold of me as well and and the, the sense of exploration because some of the zones like even like like not just shifted up like to a black and white style but would even shift like it, it would change even the way the pixel art looked like almost like it looked more like a commodore 64 game or something uh-huh. and it, this particular section was more like a maze so there were no like enemies but i was just like it was purely about like finding the right path. So even though I can see where the different rooms are because the way the rooms were broken up by walls and stuff, like even though I can see, I can get from this room to a room above me and they're connected, but there's walls blocking me. So I have to figure out a way to get to that other part of this screen, right, yeah. the upper half from the left instead of where from I the am. Bottom, yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the the sense of exploration in this game. I did feel like I hit a couple walls at times where I was like, I don't know where to go. But because, it you know, it's like a six hour game, like I said, I, I just felt like I never. I don't know. A lot of these games, I feel like I explore or I, I think I even talked about with Link's Awakening. You know, I just feel like, where do I go next? I don't know what to do. And this game, like, I feel like I stumbled upon that. Yeah. before I f- got frustrated with like, I guess I have to just look it up, you know, yeah. right so, which I really appreciate. I, I feel like the the balance of like how spread out the world feels and whatnot just feels really well crafted. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't have too much more to add to that. I've just been kind of gushing mostly. But I, yeah, I really recommend it. And even at the normal price tag of 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's a hefty price tag to ask for this game. Like, again, you, you know, go in knowing that you're going to get a little bit of a... Like it has a stiff feel to the controls, I guess I would say. But... 
Other than that, I, I don't think it gets in the way of playing the game. Some of the boss battles do get a little tough because of the way it controls, but it just doesn't it doesn't slow down your progress through the game. So yeah. I'm looking forward to playing more of it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched. I grabbed that on sale. I'm, I'm going to have yeah. to check this out for sure. I should have done it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, it's still worth the full 10. So, yeah. I, well, I, I saw the trailer and like, you know, it seemed like really atmospheric and moody, but like the, but that was due to like the music of the trailer, but the, the, the video in the trailer, it seemed to have like a decent amount of like the combat in there. And that didn't seem to really mesh well with the tone of the music and i was just like i'm not sure what i'm supposed to be getting i will say the trailer felt also a little janky (laughs) you know just kind of felt slapped together because i love the music in the trailer on its own and i love obviously i'm gushing about the gameplay but yeah the pairing of like the moment like that seemed like it was more like the intro music of the game paired with like action gameplay and it just didn't seem like a perfect fit yeah but I guess we can move on from there to what Randall's been playing. And uh, this is a little bit of a mouthful. So why don't you uh, (laughs) take it away with the name of this one, Randall? I've been playing Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition on Nintendo Switch (laughs) from Square Enix. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, no no problem. Um, So like you, Kevin, this is a game that I just kept gravitating towards every time I booted my Switch up. It's been that game for me for the last two or three weeks here. I've put about 15 hours in, which means, you know, I've passed the introduction of the game. Um, (laughs) uh, But that's not a bad thing. I've so far been loving my time with this game. Um, also, like you guys were mentioning about Anodyne, uh, this game propels me forward. I never feel like I'm lost or like I need to consult a guide or anything else. Like there's always a forward momentum happening. I never feel frustrated. So I'll say in general, Dragon Quest Eleven is it's a JRPG. So it, it comes with all the, the tropes of that. It's, you know, turn-based RPG battle, very story-centric. That's what you're kind of coming for. Um, and then, you know, making the numbers go up as your experience level goes up on all your characters that get in your party over time as the story progresses. Um, and I'm not necessarily someone that's played a lot of JRPGs. I think I've only actually beaten two of them, uh, in my life, maybe three, uh, skies of Arcadia, final fantasy three on DS and Pokemon blue. So uh, yes. <laughs> nice. That's a nice list. Yeah, that's it's a good not it's a nice party. Um, and I almost beat Chrono Trigger on DS, but I mm. went on to something new and shiny for some reason. But uh, You almost got only one of the endings. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes, uh, I'll get back to it eventually. But I wanted to frame that just to show, like, I, I'm not someone that's played a ton of RPGs, and especially JRPGs, but I'm just, like, super sucked into this. Like, it's, it's so charming. It's so, like, friendly and happy. Uh, like things are just stressful right now. I think I can say just generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this game just, it, it takes it nice. Like it just feels nice. Like it's just a great world to come back to over and over again. And everything about at least this version of this game feels like it has a layer of polish on it. Like, um, the, the, I'll start with the soundtrack, which we never do. Um, <laughs> So the Tokyo Metropolitan Symphony Orchestra did all of the uh, arrangements for this game, and it, it's phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. 
the orchestrated soundtrack is just awesome. And there's like different themes for like the overworld and battles. And uh, obviously there's the main dragon quest theme that kind of shows up throughout. And it's just like, Oh my God, it adds so much. And apparently the original version of dragon quest 11 that was on PS4 and 3ds didn't have this. I was going to say, I thought I heard they stuck with like the MIDI soundtrack for a long, long time, like up until now. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess people were not nearly as into, but man, I could not, I couldn't see playing this game without this orchestrated uh, soundtrack. It's, it's that good. It's so good. And, Um, and from, I, again, I haven't played the game, but just like you, I know you've already touched on the visuals. Like it just looks beautiful. It does. It it seems like that it almost needs that like real orchestra accent what's the visual style you know and it's it's such a vibrant like 3d world although i will say right here too you can play it in the 16-bit mode as if you're playing any of the super famicom dragon quest games as well um and i did have you switched that. what's that have you switched on to that I, I did i dabbled in a, a little bit but what it does it doesn't just change the visuals it changes some of the gameplay elements and like menu design to really make it seem authentic to that super famicom experience so you know in the 3d mode the the main mode that they've crafted it's not random encounters you're seeing every single enemy that you're gonna you know go up and decide mm-hmm. to fight or not whereas you know you go into the 16-bit mode it's just like those games so you're walking ah. in the overworld you're getting random battles you know it's just kind of happening as you're walking a few steps so mm-hmm. you know i that that kind of graded on me like that is authentic but that's not how i want to experience this yeah. yeah, that's huge for me. Whenever I see that there's like a because I'm I'm with you, Randall, that I don't play a ton of JRPGs or even any kind of RPG all that much unless it has action in front of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, f- I find whenever I see that one of these any kind of RPG, whenever they have like that, you can see the enemies on the overworld. I, I find that I'm, I gravitate towards those because I that is a frustration that I have with a lot of those at least traditional JRPGs. Oh, yeah, it's a huge factor. And I mean, even when I was playing the 3D mode, like it did it didn't stop me from wanting to just like go out and grind on enemies but it was my choice at that point right you know i was going up to that enemy and going up and slashing it from behind you know i wasn't just randomly every two steps just into a random battle and like cutting up my flow Mm -hmm. yeah it always seemed like when i've only played a little bit of like some of the earlier final fantasy games which i know we'll touch on a little bit later but like it was like whenever I wanted to get from point A to point B, I was hitting every battle imaginable. And right. when I wanted to grind, I couldn't, fi- you know, it seemed like it was few and far between. It just that it was always threw off the flow of my game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was my experience, which is why I stuck with that 3D mode. And yeah, I, I did do some grinding in this game, but it was my choice too. like I never felt like it was necessary for me. Like it was, a you know, some gate that I had to achieve to be a certain level and it never it's so far in my experience in 15 hours. It hasn't felt like I've needed to grind. I've just kind of wanted to. So like nice. I just enjoy feeling overpowered in these type of games. Right. So. That's just me wasting my own time. But like I said, (laughs) I can kind of turn my brain off while I'm playing this and just experience Mm -hmm. the story, too, which is just like it's just really nice for that perspective. And there's a a lot of nice little like quality of life touches, too, where you can speed up the battles. You can set tactics where. Yes, I know. Right. You can like (laughs) make everyone in your party just automatically do different things based on like uh, AI scripts where. You can say, you know, fight wisely or, 
you know, go all out where you can use all of their, you know, magic points or whatever and burn through it to get through the battle as quickly as possible or don't use any magic at all, you know, or or let me control all the characters. But, you know, if I'm going to fight low level characters most of the time, like, no, nah, you just take care of it. Just let me know what I get at the end. Did the numbers yeah. go up? Yep. OK, yep. let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's a lot of little things like that in this game that I just super appreciate too and you know it's things like that that all add up to being an experience that I'm going to keep playing right um, so there's like little secret items to find in, in these overworlds but none of the even the overworlds feel like they're too big um, they're all kind of quarantined off into little zones everything feels like it's funneling you just into the story, into the next area without it feeling too crazy directed either. I don't know. They just nailed a really good blend between different styles as far as, you know, making sure that the story comes first, but you also can explore, you can deviate. Um, it's, it's really up to you, but yeah, it, it always feels like that momentum is happening. You're always moving forward. So yeah, I've been really enjoying my time with this. You're, you're speaking my language for sure, because, yeah, I, I need that momentum with my if if I'm going to get through an RPG, I need that momentum. I, I always end up hitting almost always end up hitting a wall Yep. And of whether it's just not knowing what to do or frustration with the mechanics or whatever, or the random battles, whatever it might be. I, I, but you're speaking my language with this one. This is like kind of sound like it's hitting all the right buttons for me. Oh, yeah. A couple other quality of life things that I wanted to mention that I think will also hit your buttons. So every time that you you boot up Dragon Quest again to play, it does this little recap that's yes. like, yes. I know, right? Every game, Seriously. every game should have this, especially story based games that are this long. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, you know, you boot it up. It goes like it turns into this like sepia tone, like you've opened up a book with kind of these beautiful screenshots of things that you just saw with a little blurb around you know, you went to this town and you met so-and-so and he explained the this about the luminary and, you know, now you need to venture off into this so you can see what's happening with that that other town or whatever. And it's it's, it's perfect. It's just the perfect blur. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I did just do that and I need to go do this. Um, and on the map screen, you can always see all of the map. Uh, even in dungeons, <clears throat> you can see kind of where you need to go, what you've already explored and what you haven't. And there's always little icons of, you know, helpful markers of, oh yeah, there's, there's a save point right over there. Oh, yep. This is my compass of my character and I'm facing in a certain direction. Like there's just so many little quality of life things that keep you from getting lost and just making sure you keep progressing. So yeah, cutscenes are great. Great voice acting too in the cutscenes. I really don't have many complaints about this game. And what about the, I guess uh, we didn't talk too much about like the battle system itself, but I mean, yeah. other than like being able to assign stuff to your opponents, but uh, are you feeling like you're, I, I know you're saying like for, you know, these low enemies, whatever, you're just doing essentially auto battle or whatever, but right. like when you get to a boss or some kind of a more challenging, I know you're not too deep into the game, but yeah. 15 hours, you know, <laughs> but are you, are you feeling like you're, you're getting a little bit of a challenge from the more challenging battles? Like are you having to to puzzle out some of the solutions or whatever, or is it just kind of a coasting experience, which is not necessarily bad either way for me, at least it's been mostly coasting, but yeah, there's been some, some boss battles that I've said, all right, let me take control here and make sure folks are healing each other when they need to. And, um, there's these things called pet powers where, 
you know, you, you, uh, as you're defending or you're playing against, uh, a certain enemy for long enough, your character kind of like peps up and turns this like light blue, like Dragon Ball Z power up mode. And as your other characters kind of pep up too, they can combine with each other to do super moves against the enemy that you can do kind of one time that uses that pep power. Um, so there's little things like that, that you can decide when you use that, or you, you can set that in tactics too, where the computer decides when it wants to combine and use those powers. But, um, yeah, there's some interesting aspects, even though it's, it's definitely traditional turn-based RPG and it feels probably the most traditional in the battle structure, I'll say, but there's still some, there's some twists, um, when, when you're battling that keeps you involved. And I guess that's really all I'm looking for with the with a battle system for me that who's not a big RPG fan, something that's still going to keep me engaged. Yeah. And then again, these other little perks of like recapping the story if I haven't played in two months or having the enemies on the overworld so that I don't have to battle when I don't want to. And I can when I do It's like those things can can keep me going as opposed to, you know, moving on to the next (laughs) new and shiny thing, like you said. Yep. Yep. And it's so pretty and it sounds so great. Like it's, it's just hitting all my buttons. It just, it just feels good to play and it's, it's kind of a therapy in its own right. So I will definitely be continuing to see this through. Nice. Nice. Well, I know we teased it a little bit, but, uh, John, why don't you dig in? I know you've been, uh, kind of poking between all the different, uh, Final Fantasy remakes or remasters Remasters, that they've put out on, uh, I think, most platforms yeah uh and actually i was uh kind of surprised at exactly how like so many of the quality of life things are very like similar for all these remakes or remasters rather yeah um so like i hadn't played many of the final fantasy like mainland titles like i played uh final fantasy tactics advance and advance 2 when those yeah. came out and those were some of my favorite games of all time uh, but I had never played, I only owned Nintendo systems like after the Super Nintendo. So Same. I never really had a like breadth of knowledge for the Final Fantasy series or at least the main titles of those. So uh, when they finally were being released on the Switch as like, you know, like 7 and 10, 10, 2 and 12, I think were the like first batch of ones that came out. Uh, I got really excited because uh, I actually, uh, since I, I never owned a PlayStation 2, but I did own some PlayStation 2 games due to living with roommates and uh, like when uh, living with my fiance who had a PS2, like I was like, oh, that means I can play Final Fantasy 10. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that means we can get married. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I need to fill out my sphere grid. Um <laughs> But yeah, like Final Fantasy X was actually the first uh, main title Final Fantasy game that I played, and I fell in love with it immediately. So just just now you're talking yeah, about because I I did not I, we've talked about these games quite a bit at yeah. least a little bit. I did not realize this was your first foray into these games. I was thinking yeah. you were going back and replaying you know memorable played, experiences you had in the past. I for whatever reason I played one a lot. Like I've played through one. I guess I, there were. Uh, I play, I played through one when it was on the Game Boy Advance in some remaster along oh, with two. Oh yeah, they and did then, that uh, one and two pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they they also did that three version for the 3DS. Right. And I played through most of that. But but like these talking about like seven and ten. Yeah. And I, like, okay. Like I, the of just like the the ones like 
post NES, post uh, like Super Nintendo. Yeah, um, I definitely thought you had played these before. No, and so like I, I also I, I, I think I after playing Ten for a bit, I went back and I got like a Super Nintendo Classic and started playing Six, and that I also thought was an incredible game. Um, like, and I think Six is uh, like put a really like really pushed the limits of what I thought a like uh, Super Nintendo RPG could do. It had so many different mechanics and so many different things. So the first time that I played seven was kind of a very like, I don't know, historical like experience for me because I was seeing like that transition from uh, the Super Nintendo like to a 3D uh like RPG and how they were handling the environments and everything. And that, that was absolutely incredible to see firsthand, but like them adding in those, like there, I, for most of them, they have like four things that are mapped to either the shoulder buttons or clicking in the, uh, control sticks. Like you can add in settings that either completely heal your party with like mana and HP or and add a limit break for seven or your uh, I forget what the the bar is, your special bar in nine. Um, but that like just clicking that on like once will instantly heal your party so you don't have to tr- make the trek all the way back down to a uh, an inn to uh, like pay a hundred gold and then go back out to the exact place right. where you were to like grind again. And they also have a button that's the map to like, if you just want to deal 9,999 damage for an regular <laughs> attack, you can turn that on or like uh, one that just speeds up the game, like, like double speed. Like you can turn that on or no encounters and turn off like random encounters entirely. That's oh. amazing. So like wow. that's for, a, that's amazing, actually. On, honestly, like for a lot of these games that like, you know, I really want to see an experience, but at the same time, don't want to have to slog through like because you know, there were some points where I was just like, OK, I can like go back and grind so that I can beat this boss. Or I could just turn on like max damage and just like move ahead in the story because I don't really want to go back and like just get higher numbers so that I can beat this boss. Like it's not worth my time for like just experiencing something for like I really do want to see these games to the end. And I think that they're really cool and I like the stories and I like the mechanics that a lot of them have. But like they're it these like little features that aren't like you can turn on and turn off at any point. Like you, if you want them just for that one moment to get over the hunt, like and move on to the next step, you can turn it off immediately afterwards and go back to playing it how you normally do. So like, I, I just think that that's such a nice feature. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, again, like we're talking about like getting in the groove with these games and like, yeah, if you're in the groove of like, Hey, I got 30 minutes to kill. Like maybe I turn the battles on and I could just run around and kill a few you know, yeah. level up a little bit, but hey, now I want to. Now I have a couple hours to kill. I want to like hone into like progressing this story. Turn the battles off, and like like that's that yeah. seems amazing to me. Like that's I played all of these Final Fantasy games you're talking about. And I know I think this was the last one added to that bunch, and I don't know if you've dipped in at all. But Final Fantasy VIII, yeah, is the I, only I've one I've played a up. tiny bit of. Like, only, I think I I don't even think I ever got to the second disc back on the PS One, but mm-hmm. I. I, I was engaged in the experience, but I, I just hit so many of those walls along the way that I, I ju- it just took me out of it. But I loved like 
it even had a little bit of that Paper Mario. Like it had a, it had like a, you had a gun blade, so you would like you had to time your attack. Like in to Paper like, Mario, your gun blade. That's right. <laughs> Mario's gun. But yeah, blade. You, you actually did have like a, a timed mechanic where you like time it with your slash to do extra damage and oh, stuff, cool. and that that went a long way for me. But then those other aspects of the game got in the way. So yeah. th- these features sound awesome to me. Yeah, and like I. I I guess I, I did make the mistake. I had played a main title before, which was when I lived with Glenn and I borrowed his copy of Final Fantasy IX because he said, oh, that has the same AP system as Final Fantasy Tactics Advance for learning abilities. And Ooh. as soon as he said that, that hooked me and <laughs> it, it became like my favorite of like well, it, it his maintained its uh, level as my favorite just because I like the like way that you gain abilities in that versus like seven like the materia system is i think really interesting and really cool but at the end of the day i'm like eh, it's still not my favorite mechanic of that but um uh nine and 12 in particular actually 12 i ended up buying the physical copy everyone else i've just uh, downloaded uh the digital copies of it but 12 also has uh, the Gambit system, which is very similar to the Dragon Quest system, where like you do kind of program uh, the characters by giving them different parameters. Like, oh, if this if your other party member's health is below 50 percent, then you heal them. Nice. Or if there are enemies that are weak to fire, cast fire magic right. on them and like you unlock more gambits that menu was crazy you, sh- you showed me that one time there are so specific like like hundreds of settings it seemed and it's such like a really uh, for me i i loved that mechanic like and that's just a base mechanic in the game like it's uh, always been there and in addition to the all the quality of life improvements like in uh for final fantasy 12 i basically haven't because i i think it's a you know, it's a least closer to what more modern games are. I haven't had to like it doesn't feel like a slog to me when I go through like I haven't turned on the like max health or max HP and MP things. I've just turned up the speed and just like gone through the regular game at like double speed or yep. four times speed at times. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I've I think that if you've ever been curious about like these games i would highly recommend just getting the remasters because even if you don't think you would use those like things like the ups upgrade and graphics like the fact that you're not switching discs right. all the time is nice yeah like they look I, sharp too they do they yeah. really do they did a nice job cleaning these games up i think i i, do, I will say I, th- I think we you mentioned it like the first time I was like it, they do look really good but they also look like a little uncanny in especially, that they look, especially the PS one games. I yeah, think have a little, they look like, too crisp for like games that you used to see on like a CRT right. TV that <laughs> yeah. had enough blurring that, but like it, it, I think they still look great and I think that they're really good adaptations of them. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot more solid endorsement knowing that, like, like I said, I thought you had played a ton of these games before. So knowing that you have going in fresh, I, I'm a lot more intrigued than I was. Uh, I will say I was a little bummed to see like X and X2 like bundled together because I was like, ah, I already own Final Fantasy X. And then I bet it would be just cheaper to buy Final Fantasy X too. Yeah, used yeah. And as opposed to just getting the remasters. So I think I actually ended up buying a PS2 copy of X2 <laughs> <laughs> wow. for six bucks. Nice. Rightly done. Rightly done. 
Well, DJ, I know uh, you've been a little quiet over there, and I know you've been playing some more Darkest Dungeon. My mind's just been on, you know, the 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 best of the turn-based <laughs> RPGs. <laughs> Yeah, I've with last no time. quality of life. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. Uh, yeah, last uh, last time I talked about, it, I said uh, I'd 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 report back, and since then I've started a whole new game. Uh, I've made it the farthest I've ever come so far. I'm probably at least twenty hours into this into that run into. Yeah, maybe. wow, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I did not realize it was that much of a commitment for a, a run. So we're talking more like, like I, I may be exaggerating of, a little bit. Okay, but, okay, but, but still. I, I've had many like I've had multiple days where I'm putting at least four or five hours in at a time, definitely, and on the same continuous run. It's not like the same save file. It's like the same. Oh, same save file. Well, same save file and same run. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if this run fails, (laughs) because I'm still doing it on the, the, the hardest difficulty setting where you have to, you know, complete the game, uh, after doing within 86 quests (laughs) or, uh, without losing 12 members, but I've only lost two characters so far. Right. Uh, one was a level four that that hurt me a lot. <laughs> I've got I've got four level five characters and a couple more level fours. I just got to get to level six and uh, you know and not die. Um, I'm definitely like pacing myself out way more than I was before. Like I I guess like I felt the need to I don't know level all my characters up really quickly and i didn't really play into the fact that like okay i've got like up to 86 quests i can go i like i don't need to make this all happen at once and i i would take like dumb gambles like yeah like i did complete the quest but i could stay in this dungeon a little longer and see if there's any more loot and Mm -hmm. she's like that's not a good idea (laughs) just get out if you got the opportunity so I'm playing a lot more conservatively now, um, but that being said, it's still it's still hard, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that that oppressive quality that both in like the visual style and the the gameplay, it's just always this one's been something that intrigues me, and I, I I'm interested because I've heard so many good things, but I I don't know if it's for me. It it just it what immerses me is just the fact that. I feel like I need to pay attention to everything that's happening. Like I feel like in a lot of other, you know, turn-based RPGs I've played before, like, you know, obviously like Pokemon, but I find a lot of times in Pokemon, I'm just like, all right, find me a battle and I'm just going to keep pressing a Mm -hmm. until, you know, I get the experience where like, Yeah. yeah. But like with darkest dungeon, it's like, there's so many different elements in play. Like, Oh, like this enemy has like stun resistance, but he caught like this other one causes bleeding and like, but this one character's low on health. So do you try to take out this dangerous, uh, this dangerous enemy or do you try to, you know, save this one character from a potential death blow or there's, there's many, there's many elements at play and it's just, it feels 
it feels very strategic. Yeah, it almost sounds like there's a little bit of that like into the breach feel. Yes. Obviously in a totally different type of gameplay, but like a similar what feel do to I how need you to, approach the game. Yeah, what are the abilities that these enemies have? What can I do to avoid them? What can I do to kill them? What can I do to protect my buildings? Like a lot of different options. And yeah, I do like it's like it's weird because when I'm playing into the breach, I'm not even really doing that i'm not playing that much. i'm not touching buttons that much i'm, I'm just staring at the screen trying yep. to figure out what to do next but but that's very engaging i i do like games so that that is speaking a little more of my language for sure and i think we discussed it slightly before we started recording well, but let's like, get into it <laughs> but no like uh, i i think that maybe one of the reasons why i bounced off the game as hard as i did was because i was kind of approaching it from a turn-based rpg and i had the expectations and that but like the more that we started talking about it like they're of like managing all these different mechanics and all these different layers of it it kind of like i the parallels i was drawing was were things to like you know starcraft or to like civilization where i was like okay these are all things that i need to actively manage and like make sure that they're all at their peak levels or at least at a level that isn't actively destroying everything around me yes right and i I think that that was one of the reasons that i came in with expectations like thinking it was going to be one type of game and when it was not that type of game that can just ruin your experience yeah yeah Yeah. and i i I still think it it is a, a bit too oppressive for me yeah and and i think something you had mentioned before is that the the menus aren't super intuitive. They do take a while to Are you still learn how playing they... on Switch? I've been playing on PS4 okay. the entire time. Oh, is but is that, is that still like kind of like control? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing yeah with it, it does seem like having a mouse and keyboard would be ideal. Yeah. 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 I was definitely lost like the first couple runs I was doing. It's just like, oh, okay, now now I kind of know what I'm supposed to be doing. But there, there were a few like like rooms and dungeons that i just like accidentally like engaged an enemy or sent like someone to the back of my queue yep in my party and i was like oh cool i i didn't think i was doing that but oh, yeah geez. yeah yeah but uh, i so so i agree with that but i just I, i'm hooked and it's like i you know joking earlier but like i i really am like thinking about this game a lot even when i'm not playing it yeah um I'm also very curious, like, I'm, I've always been, fa- like, ever since you started talking about this game, I was become fascinated with what draws you to this game, because uh, I, like, 100% do not like this game, but I really am curious on why you like it, and I, I, want, I really want to know, like, what is the thing that, like, you look forward to, and, like, is it, like, leveling up a character, is it completing a dungeon, or what is it that you, when you think about this game, what are you thinking about? That is a good question, because <laughs> I mean, in a sense, it's like I just want to survive. <laughs> you just want to like it's managing but, everything, like yeah. But I, you know, there there are quests that are you know more unique and important, where it's like you need to go kill this specific boss, and like I've only done a couple of those, so like I'm at a point now where I'm excited to really get in deep because like. I've I've seen there's like a list of like all the bosses. There's a lot of bosses and I've like barely scratched the surface of that. So I'm like really curious about well, like, what the rest of them are. You yeah. Wanna... Yeah. I mean, I also I mean, when, when a game is very hard, I just 
the the joy I get if I beat it is I don't know worth it's, it yeah. worth it in the yeah, end yeah most of the time yeah there, I mean there's there's definitely something to be said for like overcoming the challenge of a game as long as the challenge isn't just because of like frustration because of bad design uh, you know if it's if it's just frustration because of like I oh I wasn't prepared enough for that and now I know what to do next time. For me, I don't know, you know, committing 20 hour runs to then have to be like, OK, I got to start over. That is a pretty daunting, uh, I don't know, premise, I guess. But yeah. I, I will say, like, even though, like, I, I didn't really in, enjoy this game, I never felt like it was like uh, not well balanced or not well or, like or poorly constructed. I think that this game is meticulous in its construction and like gives you all the information like I don't think it but ever it takes a while before you really oh, understand yeah. it. It, <laughs> it doesn't like do it doesn't do you any favors in explaining like or holding your hand so that you can succeed. Like it, it gives you everything and then it like leaves you to your own devices. It's yeah. like I mean, like it took me a while to realize and this is maybe I'm just dumb uh, <laughs> to realize that like, you know, some of the some of the objects you come across in the dungeons like will, you know, Sometimes they'll bestow like, you know, good things upon you, sometimes bad. But like it took me a while to realize that, you know, you can use some of your items to, you know, make it so that you'll get a good outcome. Yeah. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like to increase your chances, basically. Well, it'll be like a guarantee. Like, oh, okay. Like, this if you use this specific this, yeah. item on this type of object, it'll always be a good. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, cool. and, it, and that's a planning stage before you start a. Yeah, yeah. There are there are items that you can, you know, you've you've got your gold that you're you've amassed throughout all your journeys, and you spend that for like what you want to take with you when you go on a quest, but you also don't have a ton of like inventory slots so you got to be very yep. kind of specific about what you're going to be taking in um and it's yeah you can use those you can just like blindly interact with stuff which is what i just been doing the entire time <laughs> oh, and just no. rolling the dice but it's just like oh i can use an item <laughs> oh, yeah. how many missions had you 40 before i realized yes. that uh, easily <laughs> oh, oh man yeah that's rough DJ. <laughs> but hey it's i'm on a good run right now <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway there maybe you should start if i over. make it yeah maybe yeah you'll have to fill us in if you're uh if you're able to complete this one. Oh my god well i know i had uh one more game that i wanted to talk about that i'm not all the way through but i'm i'm just about there and it's a game called uh bomb chicken uh, which is from a developer called or named Nitro or Nitrome, I'm sorry. And they're going to be working with Yacht Club Games on the new uh, Shovel Knight uh, Dig yeah. title. Yeah. Um, and I don't know exactly what the partnership is going to be. For I looked into Nitrome a little bit. Uh, I, I'd already owned Bomb Chicken because it had caught my eye. It's like a 2D side-scrolling puzzle platformer of sorts, although you can't jump, which is one of the main like premises here. And I'll get to that in a second. But uh, I just felt like th- it seems like they've made a ton of mobile games. Uh, and, and it seems like their kind of forte is like pixel art they, and they, and they are taking a shovel Knight. It looks like they're going for more of like a 16 bit or even like 32 bit with the shovel Knight dig stuff I've seen as opposed to that, like true NES, like eight bit style. Yeah. The gist um, I got, it looks like they're going to be the lead developer on that shovel Knight dig game. Is, okay. Is what cool. I kind of took away from that. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. I didn't know that. And yeah, from what I from what I read, some interview with someone and they said they were basically trying to make like Shovel Knight Downwell, <laughs> which is obviously hey, I love Downwell. Yeah. So that's speaking my and I love Shovel Knight. So totally. speaking my language. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait for Shovel Knight Dig for a little while. But in the meantime, like I said, I've been playing Bomb Chicken and this is a pretty straightforward uh, puzzle platformer, although it's it's slowly like at first it started off. I, I felt like, oh, this is just like a nice, relaxing puzzle platformer. Like, it's got some action to it, but it felt like, you know, you're you basically you play as this chicken that's kind of this pretty chubby chicken and you can't uh, you can't jump. You're, you're just this. And you actually like it looks like the, the the chicken has like essentially this bomb inside of them. And if you've ever played any of the like more recent uh, 3D Mario games where you see those like giant stacks of Goombas, sure. um, that's essentially what you're doing with these bombs. So like you lay one bomb. And and it, this is a one button game. You have one button. Any button on the controller lays a bomb, and that is the only thing it does. Uh, and it, that's face buttons, shoulder buttons, and another nice thing is you can use either joystick to control. So a very accessible game for anyone to play, I think. But uh, that's cool. It's essentially you can you just hammer on this button, and you can make this giant bomb stack. And then if you go to the ground or any, I guess anywhere, but if you come once the bombs have been laid, that take maybe four or five seconds to explode you can see them like you know glowing and lighting up faster or whatever uh but you can kind of like shoulder check the bomb and like shove it into a wall or into enemies that are coming and there's not a ton of enemies um the pixel art's really nice like it's really expressive uh the way everything's animated and everything the enemies and the sprites are really huge not huge but but a good size like everything's really just well animated i like the style a lot which is what caught my eye with this game um, but now that I'm getting like further into the game, they're throwing all these kinds of different like, again, there's not a ton of enemies, but they'll be like, like I was showing you guys one little challenge that there's like this one room that I'm in and it's not even a challenge that I have to get. There's like this chest. And another nice thing about this game is there's not any collectibles per se. Like there are these blue gems on every level. And as you collect them, <laughs> every time you beat a level, you just like get into this little like transition. You go into like this little like, uh elevator tube or something it almost looks like one of those bank tubes where you like put your money in and get mm. shoot it over to the at the drive through nice but it, like you go into one of those at the at the end of the level then you go to this like weird there's like this giant chicken statue that you can lay a bomb in and if you collected enough of those blue gems then you get a uh, another life essentially it's all one hit kill and you have like these hearts so i have about seven or eight lives at this point and that goes up exponentially like the first one it's like 20 gems then it's like 40, then it's 70 or whatever. I forget, I forget the increments, but it just keeps going up. I think like for the next one for me, it's like 180 now. Mm. So I, I think that that would probably be the last heart I get. It looks like there's about 29 or 30 levels in the game. Um, and it, it basically, though, those collectibles are all you're looking for. But this particular challenge, again, the only thing you're getting from that collectible, I guess you're getting more lives out of it. So it does essentially make the game a little easier um, but it doesn't it doesn't get easy because I'm just like, I'll, I'll burn those eight lives on one screen sometimes because oh, it's, it's a one hit kill. And this particular room I'm in, it's like surrounded by all the walls and floor and ceiling and everything are covered in this blue goop that every time a bomb goes off, it triggers this like chain reaction along the goop that like it, it just these spikes keep popping up. And they go all the way around like it'll it once it hits all the right wall, it'll go up the wall. It'll go along the ceiling all the way down the left wall. And it'll just keep going until it either runs into like another layer or another one of these uh, like goop spikes. Or I don't know what to call them, but like they're they're just like it's like bubbling up, but they kind of look like spikes. But like 
I'm, I'm really enjoying collide. your hand motions. Doing <laughs> your hand motions goop. that everyone can hear. <laughs> but they, if the if the two like if they're coming from two separate directions, these like waves of goop spikes. If they come together and collide, then that then they stop. So, but in this particular challenge, there's like this one turret that is shooting at you every few seconds, and for the most part, you can kind of stay out of the way of it once you're on the higher part of the room. But once you have to come back down to exit the room, you like that turret, if it hits your bombs, if it shoots the bombs, they'll explode. And those bombs, when they explode, if you're too close to them, uh, will hurt you or kill you. Like I said, it's one hit kill. So you really have to be. And that's one small gripe I'll say is like some of the it's I feel like I'm guessing sometimes like, am I close enough? I feel like you can get so close to the bomb where like it won't hurt you. But if you're just a centimeter closer, it, it, it's hard to tell mm-hmm. um, when you'll be safe and when you won't be sometimes. But that comes into play very, very rarely. But uh, I'm just really enjoying like the slow ramping of challenge in this game, because at first, like, you know, first like five to ten levels, I feel like I was getting every gem. No problem. Finding any little hidden secret area uh, for the extra gems that might be there. And I was like, oh, this game's going to be a breeze, like a little relaxing puzzle game. But something about like taking away your ability to jump while it's throwing things at you that that you instinctually want to jump over. And that in some cases you're trying to like maybe you instinctually want to jump over this projectile that the turret's shooting at you. But instead you're laying this stack of bombs. But as soon as the turret as the projectile hits those bombs, you're dead. So it's you really are like. I don't know, like, even though the levels themselves are very short, like, I'm getting to the point where, like, I'm I'm sitting down for a session for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and I'm beating, maybe beating one level. Wow. And that's that's it at this point. And again, they're, they're short. They're, you know, the level itself, like, on the time I beat it, it has that good feeling of, like, when you, like, I'm slowly progressing through, you know, any room or any level can have, like, between five and ten different rooms, mo- mostly single screen, but they, they scroll a little bit, too. I, I shouldn't say that. They're, they scroll quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But, um... And you're like shooting bombs off into like some areas will be like kind of blocked off. It's like too skinny for your character to fit through. But if you shoulder check a bomb through this tunnel and trigger a switch, but you have to then get to the exit that it's like it opens a gate, but will close, you know, after a couple seconds. So there's a lot there's just like a lot more finesse and timing than I was picturing. I thought it was going to be more based around puzzling through these levels. And it it's just really it's it's just getting tough. And it's a it's a good. uh I don't know. I almost feel like that came off negative saying like, hey, I'm playing 20, 30 minutes at a time and like maybe beating a level. But I'm having that good feeling of like the time that I end up beating the level at this point, at least now that I'm further into the game. It's like it feels like I'm good at the game. But (laughs) all the 20 times that it took me leading up to it, you know, to kind of get. okay, now I got the first like half of this level down. No problem. But it's still very satisfying. Yeah, it's a good clip. And again, it doesn't feel like it's going to be too bogged down. Like there's just clearly like at the when you pause the game, you can just go up to the top of the menu and it just says level and you can just scroll between. You can't select like you can only go to the ones that you've unlocked, Mm -hmm. but it just goes up to twenty nine. And then like the little it's just like a little circle. If it's blue, that means you've collected all the gems. If it's still green, there must be something you missed on that level. Um, but yeah, I like that that's not bogged down with like, you know, I, even though I was going to say dispel Kong on this level, I love Donkey Kong, so I don't want to throw shade on that game, but I like, that but I just love that it's not, you know, as much as I love, you know, Donkey, I, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is probably my favorite game 
ever. Mm-hmm. But like even collecting all the puzzle pieces and all the like, I just like the game for how it feels to play. I don't need right. to get every puzzle piece and every blow on every dandelion in right. the game. I, you know, <laughs> it's just like I don't need to do that. But I appreciate that this game doesn't make me feel like I'm missing something or there's a, it's just like the only thing I'm gaining is getting more lives out of these gems, uh, which are, you know, some of the secrets are pretty decently hidden. I feel like I'm exploring these levels, you know, pretty thoroughly and I still will see the little green, you know, circle, like still more defined on this level. So, um, but I don't feel like that's like the stuff you find on the main path of the level, I think would still give you a nice progression of like gaining hearts and, and making the game you know, by the time you got to the later stages, not so challenging. So I don't know. Definitely recommend this game. I grabbed it on sale a while back. I don't remember how much I paid for it. I mm. do think I think it's normally 15 bucks. I think that might be a little steep for for the experience that's on offer. It's, it is a kind of bite size like. I, I don't know. It, it, it's lacking. It's lacking something that kind of puts it over the top. Mm, yeah. um, but it but it is a really solid game. Really well designed. Not too much going on in the soundtrack department. It's not bad, but it's just more like mood setting. There's not really any memorable tunes or anything, but it's a perfect game to throw a podcast on or listen to some music or watch some Star Trek and uh, <laughs> play some bomb chicken. That's not so bad. No. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely recommend it. I don't want to come off a little too soft on it there, but I, I think it's a really fun game and I'm really excited to see uh, what Nitrome is going to do with Shovel Knight. Nice. nice. Cool. Well, uh, I think we can pretty much wrap it up there this week. I know we're all uh, getting tired, like we mentioned at the beginning here in Chicago. So I'm dying. We will not be <laughs> sleepless in Chicago for much longer here. So, <laughs> um, but our game of the month for November is going to be uh, Baba is You. We've still, other than John, none of us have played it and none of us have looked any more into it. And we're going to keep it that way until, until we actually have played it. So um, looking forward to digging into that one and discussing it at the end of November. And uh, I guess until next week, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Take Bye. care. See you. Bye bye. I'm going to read my anodyne notes. <laughs> So mm. I can think of what to say. Oh, mm. I thought you were gonna say on mic. Anodyne. <laughs> Eight slash sixteen bit action adventure game. Webster's dictionary defines anodyne. <laughs> Some combat, but simple. Primitive. Is this in haiku form? Mostly focuses on puzzle solving.